0: welcome to untold physio stories a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice this episode of untold physio stories is sponsored by edge mobility system edge mobility system is your online site for everything a PT, OT, DC, MT, ATC, or fitness pro would need. Get certified in blood flow restriction therapy or training online. Check out our full modern manual therapy seminars, ISTM toolkit, edge suspension trainer, portable tables, and more. Untold Physio Stories listeners can Save 10% by going to edgemobsys.com that's E-D-G-E-M-O-B-C-S-S-Y-S dot com slash untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Did you know that you have less than 10 seconds to capture someone's interest in your website before they click away? How about the fact that most people are accessing your website from their phone? Save thousands and get a fully mobile, appealing, and SEO-optimized website linked to your social media, email list, and Google My Business. All for one low price and no monthly fees. Why not keep doing what you do best in your business and allow us to handle the tech side? Let's get started. Find us at edgehealthandtech.com. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and Modern Rehab Mastery, our four-month online mentoring program. And my co-host is Dr. Andrew Rothschild with Modern Patient Education. We should just, you know, I should just use that intro all the time so we don't have to say that over and over again. (laughs) Who would know Uh, other than us? Anyway, um, have you ever had a patient who gets a scan or gets news from the doctor? And you think it's going to be nocebo and it ends up being placebo? (laughs) Um, Not very often. Maybe I've had one, actually, probably it seems fairly recently, but before that, usually the opposite. Yeah, it, it is usually the opposite. Normally when someone says they have a scan, uh, I think I usually first caution them not to get a scan, and I told yeah. them why that you know, people who get a scan normally do worse um, when studied, you know, two equal groups with the same non-specific neck or back pain. The group that doesn't get a scan and has the same kind of physical therapy, education and exercise does not do as well typically as the group that does not get a scan. And you know, I explained to them for for you listeners who are not aware of this that basically, it's, it's frustrating to get a scan because if you have pain and you want answers and the scan is negative, then you don't get answers. But if you have pain and you have a positive scan for for whatever the doctor says is bad looking on it, then all of a sudden your further avoidance and your kinesiophobia ramps up. So that is also <laughs> bad right, in terms of outcomes. So anyway, I, I mean, this case is a little bit more than just a, a scan. Um, so there was a patient who was referred to me for chronic pain. Um, I, I thought initially, and I, I still think to this day she was centrally sensitized, but the end result after four visits was much better than I expected. Um, her mechanism of injury was that she was, uh, she fell out of a boat in the water and then trying to get on the metal edge of this boat, she kind of ended up balancing she's a very thin woman she ended up balancing on her right 12th rib for whatever reason and she put almost all her body weight on her rib on that metal edge of a boat right yeah so that was really painful she also has a history of a um rotator cuff tear and i believe a labral repair on that same right side so she'd already been in rehab for that and kind of going through that and that, that was going well until this rib so after the rib, she ended up with a lot of right-sided lower quarter pain, um, not necessarily radiating into her SI or anything, but we'll get to that later. Um, a lot of rib pain, difficulty breathing, extreme difficulty with trunk rotation, and a therapist who um, I my wife used to work with, and then he's he's attended a couple um, of se- he's attended a seminar that I taught. He and he was seeing her for a while, and she also. Is seeing a massage therapist and an osteopath and a chiropractor. Just one of those who, you know, is trying to get as much relief as she can. She's she's extremely fit. She wants to work out, but she's unable to work out because of all her pain. So, you know, the first thing I did after I was referred to as patient, and you know, I trust the therapist who sent her to me, but you know, he just said, I reached the end of what I what I know to do with people. And he's just doing a lot of functional exercise and Otherwise, things that would normally help manual therapy He's a good manual therapist. Um, the things that she said helped her were the osteopathic adjustments and the muscle energy technique. And every time though, she said, well, I always feel better after this for her rotated ribs or her rotated pelvis. Hmm. Um, she said, well, isn't there anything I can do at home to, to help this or mimic what you do? And his simple answer was no. Hmm. <laughs> so that uh, that got me laughing and also uh, simultaneously upset me um, because I said, there's always something you can do. And, you know, a lot of what the first session was and almost um, the first couple sessions was uh, quite a bit of deprogramming because in the past, she had gone to several PTs and chiropractors for chronic SI pain. Then she ended up with an SI fusion after yeah. tons and tons of prolotherapy that apparently, I don't know if it helped at all, but it definitely Either stopped helping or only took her so far to the point where she ended up with an SI fusion from a doctor who was out of state. Uh, apparently, that took took care of all her SI problems. And you know, I'm, I'm, I had to read Greg Lehman's book, and I'm talking about how things don't go in and out of place. And uh, I I think I finally had to meet her halfway. Basically, in the first visit, the only thing I did was restore as much free pain as much pain free trunk rotation as possible. She didn't fit the cervical patterns. She was very limited and afraid to go into right trunk rotation, but just simple isometrics. Every time she kind of hit a barrier, I just did resisted isometrics at her scapula, just kind of pushing her to the left as she rotated to the right. That got her to full trunk rotation, and I practiced that with some breathing techniques. Um, After only doing that, she said she was 70% better in terms of her Persistent and she had constant pain in almost all activities. She was about 70% better after about a week of doing that. Um, that 70%, she kind of held on for another two to four weeks because I was only seeing her every other week. Um, the next several visits, I really kind of worked on, you know, just her feeling stable, the fact that her rib doesn't go in and out of place. After the first visit, all her diffuse pain was really localized uh, at the posterior rib. So instead of doing, um, because I suggested taping just to kind of neuromodulate it, And she said she's already tried taping. So all I did was when she was breathing or when she was rotating either anteriorly or posteriorly or doing rows, which she felt that same kind of local rib pain now at the costochondral junction, all I did was I pinched the skin. I just slacked it like a, you're just giving someone like a little pinch and that took most of the pain away. That was easy enough technique for me to teach her. Um, On the third visit, again, she's about 80% better now, really happy with her progress, back to working out. Um, Some of the only pain she had was with breathing and, and deep inhales, and she was really fixated, as she was in all visits, that her rib was out of place. So I palpated it and I did feel like it was a little bit more posteriorly rotated so for whatever reason instead of just trying to talk her out of that again because again this is at least a month and a half now um, of me trying to talk to her having her read the book several times uh, i just said you know what it is out it is a little out of place so i did a little trunk rotations and some resisted side bending um, and for whatever reason that made it feel like it was back into place for both of us she felt it i felt it. It was no longer prominent. Um, she said she couldn't really replicate that. I tried to have her replicate the trunk rotations and resisting side bending into a chair or resisting with her arm bent on an armrest. Instead, she had her husband came in, come in. I taught him how to do that. She repeated that for a week. Then she said her rib is no longer going out of place. And um, then she's had you know, several days. She can go at this point Two or three days being completely pain-free. So she's never had intermittent pain before for as long as she's had this. And that's why I think she maybe wasn't centrally sensitized, other than, but she had some very strong maladaptive beliefs about her rib. And I think that if I hadn't, if I hadn't met her halfway and said that her rib was out of place and then shown her way to put it back into place, like she always wanted from the osteopath, I don't think that. I don't think we'd be that we're we were today at, with the intermittent pain. Um and the last part I think, and it's this it was, it wasn't really a scan, but she went back to the osteopath because um on several visits I basically had to get her to break up with these providers. The PT <laughs> she was she was fine with, um, and he was fine with also, because he even said, you know, you needed to just see Ursin. The um the osteopath, she, she kept on saying, "Oh, I have a visit. I have, you know, I have an MRI coming up. I have an osteopath coming up." And I said, "Well, the MRI, let's just wait on that because you're doing so well, right? If you, I would have recommended the MRI it, again, which would have been, I don't know, or second or third MRI at this point, if we wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But you know, you're seventy percent after one visit, and now you have intermittent pain." Um, the osteopath, she basically said, yeah, you know, even my husband doesn't like it when I go to this guy, cause he doesn't even give me anything other than temporary relief. So, you know, she, she's just too nice to break up with any of these people. Cause I even said, you, you need to break up with these people. You know, you're just, you're literally like stringing them along. I'm like, it's a professional thing. Like they shouldn't get upset at you. Um, but she said, well, just in case I need an injection, I just want to see him. And if he wants to do METs on me, that's fine. And I'm like, okay, I guess in case you need an injection in the future, even though literally the injections never
1: they right. didn't get
0: you anywhere. But it, she was just afraid, right? Afraid to cut the ties. So the last time she actually went to the osteopath, he was just doing, he always does a head to toe assessment, according to her. And he said that her, SI, you know, her, whatever, Atlas was out of place and her ribs looked good today. And, but her SI was rotated and it's out of place. And she said, Oh, I, guess I can't. Yeah, I know. And that's, and she got really upset. She's like, I got so upset because when it's eyes fused, it can't be out of place. And he's, he's like, Oh, okay. Well, it still can be out of, even though she insisted. Right. He's like, it still can be out of place. It's just millimeters. Yeah. You know, you know, and I just think to myself, even though we all have learned this in manual therapy school, when has millimeters ever really made a difference You in, right. the, in, so we, we were taught that, right? Like two millimeters of gapping in L5S1 yeah. is, is, you know, bad when it's compared to one millimeter of gapping in L4, L5, right? Right. But the SI, as we know, even before fusion, according to the research, doesn't even, it's pretty much fused in, in your late teenage years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know when millimeters make a difference, but it wasn't this time. So I think she broke up with the osteopath. Long story short. Well, that's good. Just, you know, just even just for the other stuff too. I mean, right to be fed, you know, to be fed the maladaptive beliefs as well. Yeah, the, the atlas out of place. That, that's very traumatic. If your atlas is out of place, you're going to be a quadriplegic. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, she's doing really <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell they look, it's amazing because you're doing so well. You're walking and everything. Right. I just real quick though, uh, I did see. A colleague of mine saw a patient who's who's in an, a, a bad mva and they said every time i look up my head falls off and oh, wow. then i pass out and when i wake up i have to put my head back on dense fracture oh, yeah yeah and that's just what it was to them so they actually had um some sort of dense fracture or <sighs> burst fracture or something like that and they were just so unstable <laughs> that they passed out and then i don't know what position their head was in when they- woke up, but apparently they had to reset everything. And then, yeah, they were referred for surgery. I mean, that's scary. It's lucky you should have died. Honestly. I know. Well, usually people who are that unstable, you, they don't move actively or passively like you that I've seen. And I, you know, this is an aside. If you guys have never seen, if you're always wondering how will I know whether someone has upper cervical instability, you'll know Yeah, because you won't be able to do anything to them and they are typically so hyper, so hypomobile, so afraid to move, so unable to move, whether it's weight-bearing or non-weight-bearing, that you'll you'll know in the presence of, of trauma that, you know, you have no business treating this patient. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of trauma. So, and, yeah, speaking of trauma, hopefully uh, no one has a dense fracture or, or worse with that. Yeah. <laughs> All I mean, right. That's, that's usually a good, and that's usually a sign of where the body's protective mechanisms are doing their job really, really effectively because it's telling you, it's t- trying to tell them like, this is, this situation is is not good. Right. I don't know how this person actually got that far to the point yeah. where they could look up and pass out, but uh, I guess it's another like that, like almost like that threatless TMJ case I talked about. If you guys want to look that up, it's a great episode. All right, Andrew, where can people find you? People can find me mostly on Instagram, sometimes Twitter at a Rothschild PT and of course, modernpatienteducation.com. All right. And Andrew's starting his new cohort this week. And so hopefully he'll get lots of great participation. That's the truth. All right. Have a good day. You too. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors. So one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q and A's every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR Cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strike Training BFR Certificate.